Last week, we spoke about how God is in the business of salvation, not necessarily healing, and how when he grants a miracle, the purpose of that miracle is always somehow linked to salvation. Well, I should have looked ahead at the upcoming readings, because that homily seems to be challenged by today's parable of the unjust judge, or as the New American Bible labels it, the parable of the persistent widow. On our first reading of this parable, it is easy to conclude that its message is that if we really want something, then all we have to do is ask God for it over and over and over again, and he will eventually give it to us. We naturally turn the parable of the persistent widow into the parable of the spoiled child, or the parable of the guy who can't take a hint. But this cannot be the proper interpretation of this parable, It does not accord with what we know about God and how he acts. For one thing, God is a personal God with a will of his own. If we somehow conclude that God will give us whatever we want because we bombard him with prayers, then we turn God into a vending machine that will distribute our selection if we merely put in the right coins. But God is not a dumb machine that will simply do whatever we ask of him. God has his own will and his own plans. Mm -hmm. And, spoiler alert, his plans for us are much better than our own plans for ourselves. Second, who is in control here? If we believe that God is a vending machine, then we believe that our wills and our desires are more powerful than his will and his desires. We believe that we can control him if we say the magic formula or put in the requisite time. But a God who can be controlled is no God at all, and certainly not anything that deserves worship or adoration. Finally, if this interpretation were the proper interpretation, God would end up being a pretty neglectful and even harmful father. Again, this is not the parable of the spoiled child. No father gives his child everything that child asks for, because a father cares for his children through his no's as much as his yeses. So how are we supposed to interpret this parable? We can start by noticing that the widow is not looking for a favorable decision, but for a just decision. And at the end of the parable, Jesus merely promises justice, nothing more. Even if we do buy into the interpretation that our persistence is what prompts God to act, we at least have to acknowledge that this only applies to acts of justice. And what is justice other than the enactment of the will of God? 
Ultimately, we still have to concede that God will always and only carry out His will and not our will. Which means that every one of our prayers should end like Jesus' own prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not as I will, but as you will. God is going to follow his own will anyway. But it is a good reminder to us each time we pray that our prayers are only effective when they are in accord with the sovereign will of God. And yet, this does not hit the full depth of the parable, because it cannot explain the strange line at the very end. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What does this line have to do with getting what we ask for in prayer? This line is an eschatological line. In case you have not heard the term before, the eschaton is the fancy Greek word for the second coming of Christ, when he will judge the living and the dead. Eschatology is the study of the teachings about the second coming, and eschatological is an adjective describing anything having to do with the second coming. So when Jesus sneaks an eschatological line into the end of one of his parables, he is telling us that the entire parable should probably be interpreted through the lens of the second coming. This would not actually surprise us if we were reading the Gospel of Luke straight through. Immediately before this parable appears in that Gospel, Jesus delivers a discourse to his apostles about the sudden and unexpected coming of the Son of Man, which the Church has long believed refers more to his second coming than his first The eschatological reference in this parable of the persistent widow indicates that Jesus is using the parable to further illuminate and interpret his immediately previous teachings about the second coming. So how does this change the parable? It seems to me that the meaning of persistence gets turned on its head. When St. Luke introduces the parable as being about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary, that no longer seems to mean pray until you get what you want, but instead seems to mean pray until the return of the just judge. And now the widow in the story is no longer important because she ultimately prevailed, but because she persisted even in injustice, even when she was not prevailing. We should remember that the Gospel of St. Luke was written to Gentile Christians experiencing the first wave of Roman persecutions. St. Luke very likely included this parable, which is unique to his Gospel, as an encouragement to his fellow Christians that their persistence will pay off when the Lord returns. At the final judgment, at the eschaton, they will be vindicated. 
But to get there, they must remain faithful. They cannot give up or grow weary, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of injustice. The widow in the story really had no hope for success in her plea. She had no power or money or influence. But because she persisted, she ultimately received justice from the unjust judge. If Jesus is the just judge, how much more will our persistence be rewarded when he returns again in glory? How much more will our persistence be rewarded if, upon his return, he does in fact find faith on earth? I have to say, I am glad that the church saw fit to pair this parable with the story of Moses in his battle against Amalek. Because the persistence Jesus is asking from us today is nothing short of a battle. We feel bombarded on every side by injustice, by persecution, by sin, by godlessness. But our success in this battle is only assured if we keep our hands raised in prayer, even when we become weary, even when we need our fellow Christians to help us along the way. St. Paul says something similar in our second reading. And St. Paul himself connects our persistence to the judgment of Christ on the last day. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingly power, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, encourage, through all patience and teaching. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient. How often do we need that reminder? My brothers and sisters in Christ, Christianity is brutally hard. And it is normal to become discouraged. But persist. We are here to support and to be supported by each other on this journey. We know that the just judge is coming. And if we remain faithful until the end, we will experience true and perfect justice.